It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. And yes, we're back once again with another interesting and exciting uh, podcast for you. Um, yeah, it might be a preseason, but we've got plenty to talk about. We've got transfers, we've got Confederations Cup, we've got we've got everything, I think. Um, joining me, as always, uh, we have Chris Williams. Chris, how's your week been? Bryce, it's been okay, thanks. It's um, I'm off at the moment, so every day feel a little bit like a Sunday, but I'm um, I'm quite excited for tonight because we've got some real good topics and um, we've managed to get um, quite a bit of a, a, a big guest on so um, from Leipzig, so we're happy with that. And um, Manu's in the Confederations Cup, so everything's quite cool. Yeah, definitely. Those guys have been busy. I'm sure you've been kept busy. I've been in a boat in Ireland for a week, so I've heard nothing about anything. So I'm sure you guys will keep me uh, up to speed anyway. But um, enough about myself uh, and the high seas. Uh, we're joined by Manu Vett. And as you said, he's at the Confederations Cup. Manu, how's your week been? Busy. Really, really busy. <laughs> um, I mean, we've been chatting on and off. I'm in Moscow right now, and um, it's a, a city I, I quite love. I spend a lot of time in, in my life. I've, I've even lived here for some time. But um, this has been the busiest I've ever been here. I, I'm literally talking 18 to 20 hour workdays. And this, is, of course, includes all the friends that want to meet me up here when I'm here. So um, I was in a traffic jam at 2 a.m. in the morning the other day. And this is this is a type of the year where the sun goes down at 11 and comes back up at 3. So it's really bizarre. But it's been really great. I mean, I've been enjoying all the football and all the games. And um, I'm off to Kazan on Tuesday. So it's been crazy busy. But a good busy, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, the kind of, it's kind of busy. I think I'm not going to be exhausted of it until I finally get back to Munich. Yeah, I would say so. But uh, it's it's good that it's uh, been enjoyable as well for you. Uh, obviously, Russia is somewhere that you're rather familiar with. Eh? Uh, but yes, um, as Chris mentioned, we do have a guest on with us this week. Uh, one that we're very excited about and will only help uh, clear up a few uh, transfer uh, speculation and uh, debates, I suppose, later on in the podcast. We've got Daniel Burns. Uh, Daniel's uh, on the call um, all the way from Leipzig. And uh, Daniel, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. You're obviously an RB Leipzig fan, uh, but but what else? Uh, what, what what involvement do you have with the club? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm yeah originally from the south of Leipzig and living here for a couple of years. And when RB Leipzig started here uh, in the beginning, 
uh, I had no relations to that because I was living in another part of Germany. But uh, then when they were in the fourth division, I got to know them and just heard a bit about them. And then when they got promoted to the third division, I thought it was a good idea to attend some games. And I did exactly that. And since then in the second division, I got a season ticket and I met a lot of new friends and I started writing for the, the fan homepage, rbfans.de, and writing some articles about games and so on. And yeah, nowadays I, I attend the games on a regular basis, home as uh, well as away, and also um, follow a lot of the stuff that goes on in social media and what the fans are talking about and what is going on in the club. Yeah. Oh, well, as we said, you know, thanks very much for sparing the time to come on uh, to the podcast this evening. And yes, we will certainly be talking plenty of RB Leipzig uh, and we'll all get our fill on that. There's plenty to ask you about. Um, yeah, in fact, we were in Leipzig not that long ago with uh, one of the podcasts. I must say, what a fabulous city. Go if you can. OK, well, we're just going to start off uh, today with the uh, Confederations Cup. Obviously, Germany are at the uh, competition, but also you are as well, Manu. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jochum Lund. Um, experimental side that he uh, took out there um, w- what positives and negatives uh, have you seen from the side so far and I suppose what, what else have you picked up uh, in your time out there yeah I thought that Germany had the most convincing side um, of all the teams that we've seen and which is a big surprise for me because of course it's, it's a very experimental team it's a team that's very much built for the future. And I think that was something very intelligent that Joachim Löw has done because, uh, because when, um, because when you, when you, when you look at the way, way the team is built and these young players, they all, all prospective players for the world cup next year. Right. Um, and they're all battling for getting a spot at the World Cup next year. And I think if he would have gone with the, the normal A side, then, I think they wouldn't have taken the ter- tournament as serious as they do because, you know, Mats Hummels, Jerome Boateng, Tony Groß, Mesut Özil, all these players, they don't really care uh, about winning the Confederations Cup, but these young guys do. And Germany has been the best team at this tournament thus far. You know, they were very good in their first game against Australia. Wobbly defense, of course, which you can expect for a team that has never played together before. Um, midfield was strong, attack was good, good goals. And then, of course, the second game against Chile, I thought that the squad matured. You could watch them mature on the field because, you know, Chile was a very, is a very strong opponent. And I watched Chile today and I was, I've been very disappointed by them in this tournament. So I think that Germany have almost become the favorite to win this. And that's, that's a very positive surprise. Um, quick one about the tournament. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun being here. And I know the stadiums are not sold out. Russia, of course, went out last night, which is a disappointment. But the tournament overall has been a lot of fun. And I think this country is ready to host the World Cup next year. Well, that, that's obviously uh, great news to hear um, ahead of the World Cup. Um, do, how far do you see uh, Germany going in this? Obviously, they've moved through the semifinals now and they will face uh, Mexico on Thursday. Do you see them breezing past uh, the Mexican side or, or how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think they would be favourites, Bryce. I mean, you and I watch a lot of Mexican football, right? But um, Mexico were good against Portugal, but not 
always convincing. And I mean, yesterday they Russia wasn't, despite being more talented than the Russia side, they um, struggled at times against Russia, losing Salcedo for an injury. I think that's going to hurt them. And then the fact that Germany can stay in Sochi, whereas Mexico, have to, I believe they have to go down there from Kazan. That's going to be a disadvantage for them. So I think that Germany are favorites to go through to the final. Yeah, Mexico have been uh, behind in each of their games, but uh, managed to come back and either get a draw or victory, and they've seen themselves through the uh, group. It'll definitely be a testing game for Germany. Uh, Daniel, if we, if we go to you just briefly, um, how has the uh, Confederations Cup been uh, been seen in Leipzig or, or Germany um, as, as such? Um, anyone excited about it there? To be honest, not really. It's considered as a bunch of, of friendlies, where, like like Manu said, not the A side is playing, so people care a little about a bit about it, but really not that much. And it's just seen as some some friendly games where you can see <clears throat> where you can see how are the players doing that are not usually on on the first team in the national team. So people care about it, about they are happy that we uh, advance to the semifinals, but it's not a big deal. Yeah, so people are happy, but but not really uh, that enthusiastic about it. So I think that tends to happen quite a bit with the Confederations Cup, to be honest, uh, when it comes yeah, up. Yeah, that's here. true. But uh, yeah, let's move on to, uh, from the Confederations Cup. If you need uh, to, to uh, get any information on it, obviously go head over to uh, Football Grad, uh, whether it's the Twitter page or website. Uh, there's, there's plenty of reporting from Manu and the rest of the guys. You'll get your fill there. But we're going to move to a uh, Bundesliga now. And uh, one of the big uh, transfers... Um, of recent uh, weeks well I say transfers it, it's still um, stuck a little bit it hasn't really went through is Anthony Modesca leaving uh, Cologne uh, Chris um, just to bring you into this um, is this a good move for Anthony Modesca um, and uh, if, if so that is if it happens um, you know do, do you see um, it being a good move for Cologne as well I think it's looking like it's going to happen, isn't it? I think he's already made his way to China, Modest, um, before anything's happened. So we'll wait and see whether it does come off. But it all looks like it's going to be heading that way. Do you know what? I, I would have liked to have seen how he got on in the Europa League next season with Cologne. I really would have liked to have, have seen that. But you've got to ask himself, he's getting on a bit now. And he's a, he's a bit of a journeyman. He's been around many clubs, many leagues. And he really hit top form last year and... He scored some amazing goals and linked up really well with the guys around him. Would he be able to do that again this season when playing midweek as well? Would he be up? Would he be able to physically do that challenge and, and rise up to it again? Maybe not. So, for, it's a massive money move for him. And uh, when you're in the twilight of your career, which I think Modest is, um, I, I can't argue with him in going there. I still think he's too good to go to the Chinese Super League, um, but. It will bring in a lot of money for Cologne, and I. There's Cordoba, isn't there? There's Uth, and there's um, Bobby Wood, um, and maybe even a low move for Gnabry because he possibly won't be starting for Bayern consistently. So they may look to to move him out um, for a season, half a season. Who knows? I think he might be a really good fit for, for FC Cologne, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's a good move for him personally. And if it can bring um, plenty of money, then then yeah, if they spend it wisely, it could really kick them on in the Europa League. And Chris, uh, how much was it that he's going for again? Well, it's reportedly 35 million. Is that right? 
I heard the same sum and also that his um, that his salary would be eight times higher than in Cologne, which is a huge deal. <laughs> well, wow. It's 25 million a year in China, isn't it, for him on a personal? Yeah, that, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, the big news, of course, today was that briefly um, that he... The Chinese club in Köln actually haven't agreed on how the sum is going to be paid. The Tianjin Quanxian, I think they're called, they want to pay it in uh, in three tranches, so um, 10, 10, and 15. And Köln wants it all at once. The, the problem is that uh, every transfer in China, over 5.9 million now the team investing that kind of money in China has to now spend the same amount of money that they spend on a transfer into youth development, right? So the transfer actually will be, instead of 35 million, it will be 70 million for Tianjin. Apparently, they don't quite have that money all in one go. So Kölner said, okay, well, we're stalling the talks. And uh, the big news was that Modesto today flew to China for a medical, which was not approved by Cologne. Yeah, I can only imagine that Cologne aren't happy about that, right? Well, it's it's illegal, technically. I mean, it's it's breach of contract. But, I mean, we know it's going to happen. I think uh, one way or another, this is this is negotiation. But uh, I think that Modeste is quite adamant of going. And, I mean, he's going to get 100 million euros over four years. It's quite uh, difficult to hold a player back in that case. And it's it's understandable. Like the guy's twenty nine, his yeah. chances to start on a regular basis for the French national teams are very low. So there's that, and he won't play for a bigger club like Bayern or a top club in England on a regular basis. So you can understand that he's going to China and taking the money with the last big contract of his career. And I understand Cohen too because we don't know if he gets twenty five goals next season. Exactly, and then, yeah. And when you look at some of the names that have been floating around, I mean, I just wrote an article on it, and John Cordoba, Mark Wood, uh, Bobby Wood is off the list now. He just extended his contract, I believe. Gnabry has been um, speculated. I, I'm here in Russia. Peter Smolov really wants to go to Germany. There's been, of course, um, links with him between uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayer Leverkusen. He himself has said in an interview that where there's smoke, there's fire. So um, we'll see. But he could be one for Köln because his his transfer value is 10 million euros and he can leave for that amount of money. So he would be one that I would throw on the list. But if you're 35 million, you can you can do a lot of good things with it. German clubs have always been very good um, replacing players. You know that seemed unreplaceable. You know you know the German saying, right, Daniel? The a graveyard is full of people that can't be replaced. So I I don't think it's yeah. going to be a big problem for Köln to replace this guy. In the end, that amount of money is worth more than one or two seasons more with Modeste, yeah. And since they got promoted again to the first uh, division to the Bundesliga, they did a good job rebuilding the team and rebuilding their structure and uh, introducing some new players that are young and have some potential in general in the last years. They did a good job. Their, Their coach from Austria, Peter Stöger, did a great job. And they will get along with the money and find some solutions. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Daniel, do, do you think um, obviously all the money from uh, China um, threatens uh, the Bundesliga clubs for their stars? Uh, you know, they can come in, throw money at them and, and take them, it's, especially if they're not the likes of maybe uh, 
Bayern Munich, you know, uh, you know, the likes of Cologne or Freiburg or Saizegis, if they have a young star, they, they may end up getting poached. I personally don't think at all that China is a threat because the, the players are gone now. If you make such a deal with Bayern, then you have the money and Bayern has the player. If you make such a deal with China, you have the money and the players out of Europe. And in general, except a few hardcore fans who, who don't like that amount of money and, and the business system at all, the majority actually thinks if there's such sums in, in play, just take the money because it makes sense from an economic point of view. So in general, uh, the money is actually well received in Germany because it helps you. And um, it's true that the German teams are eager and willing and able to replace good players. And the the Bundesliga teams, they have all their their youth academies and are prone to introduce new players and give them a chance. So it is not really received as a threat, but more, well, as a source of extra income. Yeah, an income it may be for some of these clubs indeed, Daniel. Going to move back to you, Chris. Now, just uh, the, there was a bit of news uh, this week about uh, Lewandowski uh, and Bayern. Uh, Bayern uh, issued a bit of a hands-off. What exactly has gone on here? I, you know, as far as I knew, he, he was happy, was he not? Well, he was reportedly happy, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> a story came out a little, well, a little while ago, maybe a week to ten days ago, that he wasn't actually that happy with Ancelotti come the final game of the season. Um, and he didn't feel he got the sort of support to win um, the cannon at the end of the season. I was obviously at um, Dortmund for, for the Dortmund Verde game and, and saw Aubameyang win. Um, and he was over the moon. In fact, he had tears. Um, he was that happy about winning it. So the strikers, that's what it means to them to win that to win that trophy, to be top scorer. Um, and obviously Lewandowski was very disappointed that he didn't get the sort of support um, he wanted in that final game to be able to get one or two goals because you know, don't forget he was leading by one and then Aubameyang came in and um, busted two got a very late penalty I think it was about 86 minutes off the top of my head um, and that enabled him to um, to win the cannon so yes um, Lewandowski apparently not happy um, but there's been a lot of rumblings in the English press and, and this is something we're going to get onto later as well um, about maybe Chelsea coming in and um, doing a little deal to take Lewandowski over to Stamford Bridge. Um, Bayern um, issued a hands-off warning, didn't they, and said that if anyone approaches Lewandowski legally, they'll report them to FIFA straight away, um, no questions asked. And that seems to have calmed the um, speculation over here in England, um, nipped it in the bud. Now, obviously, you don't know what's going on in the background with his agencies, etc., but a public courting in the press which is what happens a lot in England, seems to have dipped out at the moment. Um, I think Bayern would be be devastated if they lost him, especially after Alonso and Lam retiring. Uh, we've talked already at great lengths how they're an ageing squad, um, and I think if they were to lose 30 goals a season, they would be in hot water next season. Might not be a bad thing for the league, though, if he goes... Oh, no, it it wouldn't be because all of a sudden they've lost 30 goals straight away. Um, They're an aging side, um, Robin and Ribery. Although Robin was excellent last season, he is getting older. Alonso's gone, Lam's gone. They're having to bring in new people. Sula and Rudy will take a little bit of a while to adapt from their transfer over from Hoffenheim. Um, And then we've got the likes of of Leipzig, obviously, who pushed Bayern all the way until the last month. Um, Dortmund, um, Hoffenheim. 
Um, you know, the, the list is going on now of teams that can maybe challenge Bayern, especially if they're depleted. And if, well, if they were to lose Lewandowski, it would be um, monumental for them. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. Oh, no, I mean, it's not. We, can, we, can, we can basically say it's not because he's under contract until 2022, I think. That's a long time. It's a lot of money. That I mean, we're talking Chinese proportions here. I go. What was? Yeah, what was that is true. What is the money that was recently offered for Ronaldo? One hundred and fifty, two hundred million. That's the kind of money we're talking about here. For because Bayern is so rich, and Lewandowski makes so much money. There is no way in the world that's going to happen. Yeah, I personally agree. I don't think he's leaving. I also think if you're a player. As good as Lewandowski, you don't become that good unless you're really, really competitive. So it's understandable that he wants to win the cannon and that afterwards he's a bit pissed that uh, he yeah, sort of failed to do that. But that doesn't mean, from my point of view, that he actually wants to leave because he know that he's the, the star player there and he knows what he have with Bayern. Even if he goes to another team unless it's Barcelona or Madrid, it would not be on the same level that, that Bayern is. So I don't think he's leaving, yeah. I could see that he's fishing for a salary increase. That I is completely not. possible, yeah. I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear in a little bit is, uh, that this Bayern have increased the salary. It's a little bit like the Cristiano Ronaldo situation. Yeah, and I think if Lewandowski ever did go to China, even though uh, we see it very unlikely, it would be like watching a dad taking on his son, wouldn't it? Probably a thousand goals a season. Uh, but we're going to talk about China a little bit further as they've now come into the uh, one of the leagues, the fourth tier, I, I believe, uh, in Germany with their under-20s. Uh, Manu, what, what can you tell us about this? This is a bit of an odd one. I mean, how, how does this even happen? That's a good question, Bryce. How did this happen? Uh, is it money is actually, or? Yeah, absolutely, it's money, and it's <laughs> it's actually the federal government being involved in this. Um, the German government, the DFB, signed a development deal with the Chinese Football Association. I believe it was a year ago now. Um, Bundesliga is involved in this as well. Actually, the DFL can't get into too much detail. There, you guys know why, but I think that this has been um, the impact of this has been very negative because you know we a few few weeks ago Pirmasens, which is one of the teams got relegated so the, the regional liga in germany is five divisions i believe right daniel's five it is five yeah yeah, yeah it's five so the, the the problem is that because it's five and it's regionalized there's three teams relegated from the the third division into the regional liga so sometimes that means that more teams have to get relegated from certain divisions than others, depending on who goes up and who goes down. Because not every team in the Regionalliga gets automatically promoted from the Regionalliga to the third division. You actually have to play a playoff stage with the champions of the other four leagues plus the second team, second best team from the Southwest division. So Pirmasens got relegated and they, because of that, um, the, the Regionalliga would have actually been nine clubs. Um, really kind of weird because they 19. didn't want to have 19, sorry, 19, yes. And um, they asked that they, the division would be, you know, put up to 20 teams. And the DFB said no. And then literally a week later, they presented this Chinese team at the, as the 20th club in the league to round up the 
you know, the mesh schedule. And um, I think, you know, when you when you see some of the reactions in in the German press and from German clubs, Waldhof Mannheim is now saying they're going to refuse playing against this club uh, against the side. I think it's really. Um, I personally, I think there's other ways that China can develop their young players. They could do it in China, for example. They don't need to do it in Germany. And if it's to at the expense of a traditional club in Germany, I think that's disgusting. I think it was interesting to see um, Oberhausen's um, Summers come out and say the league turns into a circus, so Bayern can sell more jerseys in China. Yeah, I think that's actually not far from the truth, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think also um, the the German league, they, they want to compete with England. And in England, the TV money, the, the contract is way higher mainly because of TV money from abroad. Yeah, but so, not, not because of China. We actually get more television money from China than England does. Yeah, exactly. And, and China is a market where you can, well, grow and get more um, attention and interest. And that's, yeah, the end goal is to get more TV money, to get a bigger contract, mainly because of China. Yeah. Mm. So basically, uh, from the German perspective, it's just a, a bit of a marketing ploy, and from the Chinese, is to develop their their players a bit better, give them a bit more experience, right? Yeah, right. The, it is sort of a win-win situation if you just look at these two aspects. But of course, when there's one team going down as the sixth last team, and then you have uh, because it's an uneven number, nineteen, uh, one team has. Uh, off every two weeks they don't play and they use this time spot to play friendly against the Chinese under 20 and yeah the perma sense the team that got relegated as the sixth last team are understandably pissed and there's a lot going on with the Regionalliga as it is you know because the teams that are playing there including my side now. Oh, don't talk too much about that. But um, they're all really upset because the, the big problem with this league is that if you are the champion of that league, you don't automatically get promoted. I mean, Daniel, you guys were down there for three or four years, right? For, for three months. years, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, got, you got stuck there for three years because you not only do you have to win your division, but you then also have to win a playoff. Yeah, okay, to, to be honest, uh, the first two years was with the old system, when the champion got promoted automatically, but we weren't the champion. We ended uh, yeah. up as, I'm not sure, I think third and second, yeah. And then in the third year, with the new system, with the five uh, regional ligas, the champion had to go to a promotion playoff, and we had that, and we won uh, in the away game after extra time, it was pretty close. Yeah, and that, that's crazy. I mean, you're playing 34 games, you finish your league, you win it, and then you have to play a playoff. And I remember a few years ago, 1860 second team was in that situation um, where they won their league, and they won their league by 21 points. And then they were actually um, winning their game, um, and they conceded in the very last minute, which means which means the the score it was zero zero away and they were winning at home one zero and then they conceded in the very last minute which meant it was a one one draw and then they lost on away goals and the entire season went down the drain you know and I think that is that is something you know that's already a big problem and then you're throwing this at them on top of that you know the, the all teams down there want a reform as it is and then the DFB comes along and um, throws this running gag at them. 
I think it's um, it's something that's basically you know you're throwing a, a spark into an already or something that's just waiting to explode, and I think that's why you're getting such a backlash. Yeah, exactly. That all the system also led to the effect that the Regional Liga Southwest had 19 teams because they yeah. have automatically four teams from lower leagues get promoted in this fourth tier. Yeah. And then the first and the second team, they didn't want the promotion playoff, but from the third division, two teams went down. So they had six extra teams going to the league, two yeah. from above, four from below, but they just had five teams who got relegated, and that led to the effect that they had 19 teams. Wow, well, it's going to be a very interesting year just to tune in and just see how exactly that Chinese side get on and to see if this is a one-off or whether it's a regular uh, occurrence. But, Daniel, we're going to talk about um, about your side uh, a little bit more now. There, there's plenty to talk about. Um, obviously, yeah, the year you true. just had, um, you know, and, yeah, obviously the, I suppose, the issues um, a lot of people have with your club uh, and obviously with Chris and I's club, uh, Liverpool being linked to just about everyone in the Bundesliga, but especially your players. But let, let's start off, Daniel, just uh, fill us in, just how, how great was last season? I mean, you guys finished uh, second. We were there to see it. Um, you know, held a game against Bayern, but um, I mean, it, it was a fantastic season. And you guys, well, for a large part of it, were a title contender. Surely you didn't see that coming. No, definitely not. <laughs> I, I can say from when the season started, we were a bit nervous. How are we doing? Because um, in, in the defense, we didn't change much. And in the second division, we had the best defense with the, um, yeah, I think the fewest shots in our goal. And also we conceded the fewest goals. And then you go one league higher and you know there are other teams with better players. And how do we do? And we, we knew that we had a very good team who could compete on that level. But we were hoping that we end on a safe place away from relegation places. If things go well, we end in the upper half. And if things go very, very well, we might secure a place for the Europe League or for Europe, Europe League uh, playoff. But there was no way in hell anyone expected that we go second or third place and secure a place in the Champions League group race. No one did expect that, really. No, I, I, I don't think anyone did, and none of us did. Um, but I'm sure you were pleasantly surprised. And, I mean, obviously yeah, you, have, you have the Champions League next year. You must be so excited about this. How do you think you guys will get on? That is a really good question. Well, um, the, the point is, since we never played an, an international competition before, we have a very low... Um, uh, how do you say? Uh, there's a there's a ranking with points. There's a UEFA Co ranking. Coefficient. Co yeah, we have a very low uh, club coefficient, which means we will end up in pot four when it comes to the drawing. So we will have two very very good teams in our group, possibly like Chelsea and Barcelona. That's a realistic scenario, and I think we will do well, but. We are not favored to to reach the next round, uh, the round of last 16. It is possible, but I think that it is not likely. So we are very excited, but we hope that we sell ourselves well there and have some good performances and maybe end up on a second place and hopefully on a third, which means you uh, go on then in the Europe League. 
Yeah, I, I must say, I've, I've said a few times, I think you guys will get on very well in the Champions League and will become a lot of uh, a lot of uh, spectators, fans, as second teams in there. You play some fantastic football and you, why not get through the group, eh? But uh, we're, we're going to talk um, a little bit about um, a British player that went over uh, to your site. Um, uh, Chris, we obviously talked... Um, you very much so about Oliver Burke when he went over there saying about how it was such a great move uh, and it's always great to see a, a young Brit uh, move abroad uh, but it looks like he's it, it looks like he might be getting a loan back to England is that right Chris? Well reportedly uh, he's homesick which drives me mad um, because he gets paid very, very well for what he does um, he's got a great life um, and he's in a Champions League group stage squad so to be homesick and want to come back to the UK and specifically to, I know he's Scottish, but he wants to come back to England and play his football. And you've got the likes of um, Brighton, who've just been promoted, um, Bournemouth. Um, it's those sort of level of clubs he wants to come back to. Whilst he may get a start, um, he's going to be playing in a rapidly uh, reduced setup. And I, I, I fear for him. Um, that if he comes on a low move back to England for a year, by the time he goes back to um, Leipzig, they'll have moved on and they'll have been playing in the Champions League for um, a season or Champions League stroke Europa League, or however they um, end in that group stage. They're also going to be looking to push on again for a Bundesliga challenge and probably look to do as well as they can in the Pokal. So he's going to miss out on all that and he's going to come back to the party late. And, and they may have just moved on. I think it's a real bad move for him. And I know he's only a young lad and he's, he's in a foreign city with a foreign language and he's got a lot to do and he's got a lot to learn. But he gets paid very well. And, you know, there's people who would pay a lot of money themselves to play football professionally. And it always gets me a little bit when players say, oh, I'm homesick and I want to come back. I, I think it's weak. And, and if I'm going to be honest, I think it's weak. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for him, and he should be really knuckling. You'll be knuckling down and trying to make the most of it. So, I mean, Ari Leipzig seemed to have a hell of a setup there. Daniel, how is uh, Oliver Burke seen uh, over in Leipzig? Uh, do people see much of a future there for him, or see him as much of a prospect, or not nearly as much as uh, the the people of, of Britain and Scotland? Um, all right, he is quite popular in Leipzig. Because he's a he's a nice, easygoing guy, and when he came here, he he started immediately to learn German, and he he acknowledged in inf- interviews often that he has a lot to learn. So although he's not playing much, he is very he is one of the more popular players. Now, if we come to the to the part that's important, the the performance on the field. He has some problems. I mean, he's a very quick player and, and very strong player, but that alone doesn't cut it. It's not enough if you want to play on that level in the Bundesliga. And he lacks some some abilities in, in passing and, and dribbling. Often enough, he's just trying to play the ball a couple of meters in front of him and try to run past the defender. And I assume that in, in the youth teams and in the second uh, English division and the championship, that worked for him, but that doesn't work anymore. It works and, in the Premier League too. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. And yeah, and, and the point is, um, when that was, uh, there was the situation when he arrived here, and in this one year, it didn't got better, and that is a problem. You you can have problems, you can lack some some skills, but 
it has to get better. So um, people have some doubts right now, but the general consensus in Leipzig is to, to give him at least another half a season. We have a lot of games, Champions League and German Cup, and he will get some minutes to play. And if it doesn't work out until the winter break, then there is time to, yeah, to reevaluate the situation. But right now, people don't want him to leave. They still think he can make it and um, become a better player that plays more on a regular basis. But but I'm actually half serious. He, if you know, if he wants to improve as a player, and we're talking a loan deal, right? He's yeah. not going to learn the skills that he needs to play in the Bundesliga. He's not going to learn that in England. And that's yeah, just, yeah the problem just, is his physical abilities are already there. That's not it. Yeah, it's it's more the the technical and the the tactical stuff he needs to learn. And if that if he goes to a club in, in the Premier League that is newly promoted. He will play more as a counter striker, and that doesn't really fits into our system. Because if you play in our offense, you need to be more than than a counter striker. Yeah, well, I hope for his sake uh, he stays a little bit longer. I mean, surely this would be um, one of the few opportunities he would actually have to um, to actually have some Champions League football, especially at a young age. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens with the, the coming months. Um, Another player that um, has been uh, linked to uh, RB Leipzig, but uh, obviously coming in rather than leaving, would be um, Jan Caramo. Um, it seems to be a French uh, right-sided striker. Um, Daniel, do you know much ab- about him? No, I just heard about him in the last two days on social media, on Twitter. I I never heard of him before, and I don't know him, and I, I can't say anything about him. But that's the typical thing that Rangnick is doing, buying some very young, very unknown player in France. Yeah, it seems to be that in the uh, French League uh, that he, he was involved in uh, 35 games and uh, and then scored five and, and set up four. So he, he does seem to be a bit of a talent. You know, if he's involved nine goals in 35 games, I mean, you know, that, surely there, there must be some type of talent there. And yeah, RB Leipzig seem to enjoy bringing uh, young players through and, and developing them, uh, as you said. Uh, yeah. yeah, but do, do you feel that um, this type of player is not going to be enough when they go into the Champions League? Do you feel that they're going to need more experience um, or you know, players that are already developed because you know, they're going to be playing at the highest level? Um, I actually don't. I actually think this works with this bunch of young players. I personally think that experience is, is overrated. And uh, Ralf Rangnick is, is keen to have a bunch of young players in the squad who haven't proved that much so far in, in their career. But eventually some of these young players will develop in, in a high pace and, and reach a top level. And if you buy experienced players, let's say you pay 30 millions, then you also gain player material worth of 30 millions. But with the young players... Some will make it and they will be worth far more. And for example, there was a lot of doubt about our young squad. And young means inexperienced. When we started this season, we had the youngest squad on average and also had a very, very young squad uh, in the starting 11. But in, in the end, I think experience is not as important as a good organization of your team in the field. And it worked pretty well for us in this season, and I don't think now we 
suddenly need to buy some 27 or 29 year old players it is definitely possible but i think this way that we go with buying young young potential it works out it did in the past and it will work out in the future yeah, I must say it's it's left things very exciting at the club, and yeah, we we hope that they continue to uh, sign young players and develop them in the way they have. They've been you know sensational to watch. Um, uh, Manu, there's been talkers about uh, Emil Forsberg. I mean, he had an outrageous season as well, didn't he? But to talk of him going to uh, AC Milan. What what exactly is the situation there? Um, is he moving away? Is he nuts? Or what? What's the situation? Yeah. Um... I mean, we're talking. We're going to talk about a couple of players, I guess, on this this segment. And Emil Forsberg is one of the t- two players that we're going to talk about. Was actually requested a transfer away from Leipzig. Or wait, sorry, let me rephrase that. Who has sort of tried it to force a transfer away from Leipzig? And um, Leipzig have come down pretty hard and said no. They, I believe Ralf Rangnick recently said that uh, in the meeting, we're not even going to sell him for 170 million euros. So this is, this, this already puts away the every player has a price aspect. I think that Rangnick as a character is a very strong personality who doesn't really care too much about conceptions, about money. Um, about how much money the club will earn. And I th- when you consider that who the club is owned by, which is Mateschitz, right? The uh, 16 billion euro worth oligarch, um, Red Bull oligarch, you have to kind of keep in mind that the club is not really dependent on making that kind of money. I mean, yes, there's financial fair play, but... And Daniel, you'll probably back this up in a moment. Red Bull is not the only sponsor at the club anymore. And Leipzig is a city that's booming quite significantly in Germany. And I mean, my, I, when I grew up, my, my dad has, does a lot of construction projects all over the country. And, um, back then they built the new, the new BMW factory, the new Porsche factory. Um, there's a lot of different industry in Leipzig. Leipzig is one of the up-and-coming cities in Germany right now. There is money is is there and it's available and sponsorship is there and it's available. And um, the the other thing that I, I always say is that Leipzig is not a club that's necessarily forced to sell players because of the financial backing that they have. It's not an ordinary club. And I think, you know, when Mateschitz says in an interview, we're not going to sell any of our top players, that's not... You, you know, in the English press, you often then hear, it's like, oh, he's just saying that because he wants to get more money out of it. But that's not how he operates. I mean, he took on Coca-Cola and Pepsi when he, when he established Red Bull as a brand. And he won. He beat both those companies. He has a more hip company. He made billions of euros and is still making billions of euros. And when you look at all the sports that's, that he's invested in, he, it, the, the sports, are not there to make money for him, but it, they're there as marketing vehicles to make people buy his brand. And that's really, I think, what people forget. And he doesn't, he doesn't want these brands to be associated with a product that's not successful. And selling your best players is a product that's not successful. So I think that's something that people have to keep in mind. And Forsberg is under contract until 2021, right, Daniel? Uh, 22 he extended his contract uh, last uh, february in this year 
So he can basically, you know, Leipzig can say, like, you can complain all you want. You signed this piece of document. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oliver Minslav already said to the, the agent uh, via an interview uh, in a more cynical way, well, if, if he needs some infos, I can send him a copy of the contract. And I think that's something that is something, you know, Leipzig is not a normal club. And I mean, you can see that critically, you can say that positively, but they don't need to sell. I think that is something that people don't understand. Yeah, but uh, also I have to admit, in, in Leipzig, people are expecting to leave Forsberg and Kater after the next season. Because, uh, let's face it, yes, we have quite some money and we are backed up by Red Bull, who are filthy rich and who spend a lot of money in, in uh, marketing. But there are bigger fish in the sea and we can compete with Uh, in Germany, we can compete with Dortmund and Leverkusen, who can spend quite some money for themselves. But if a player wants to go and is good enough for a club like Barcelona or Chelsea, then in the end, the player will be leaving. It's a matter of time. As long as we play in the Champions League, we can say, listen, dude, there's no way in hell you're leaving. We're playing Champions League next year. We need every player. But there will be a time when we possibly, I'm not sure, but there will be a time in, in the near future when we might not qualify for the Champions League. Or in general, there might be a time that a player like Forsberg or Keita is wanted by a club like Barcelona and then the player is gone. That's yeah. the truth. Just, that's like just, even, as, even. just as we're recording this, um, some information has just been posted now by Bild um, saying that Ragnik would not let him go Keita for less than 80 million euros um, but Keita would like to stay at Leipzig for another year boom yeah yeah. I just I just read it on Twitter 80 million for Keita um, also there's a rumor I, I don't know whether it's true that uh, Keita has a stipulation in his contract that he can leave after the next season for reportedly 45 or 50 million And if that's true, then if now there's an offer for 80, you basically have to sell him because he's not worth uh, 30 million to stay for for one year. That's that's not an offer for 80 million. Ragnik uh, ah, okay, said it right, would take right. 80 million euros for us to even yeah, but, think but about that, it. Yeah, but that's about right, yeah. And, but I, I don't think... If someone's offering 80 million, then Rangnick will take the money. I don't think but Liverpool will offer 80 million. In, in that region, it has to be 70-something, 75-80, yeah. If it's less, then Rangnick will say no. And Chris, you just said that you don't think uh, Liverpool would stump up that type of money. Why is that for anyone listening? It's a hell of a lot of player. Um, it's a hell of a lot of money for one player. Don't forget Liverpool are trying desperately still to sign Virgil van Dijk from um, Southampton. That's going to reportedly cost them somewhere in the region of 65 to 70 million pounds to, for him to be able to do that. Obviously, they pissed Southampton off by publicly courting him in the media saying it was done before they'd even submitted a bid. Um, so Southampton um, made a complaint. Uh, Liverpool had to publicly apologise, um, and it looks like what that public apology has done is just driven another twenty million pounds onto it. So if they're after a centre back, which is a priority, it is a priority for Liverpool to get a centre back. You look in there at sixty million pounds. Um, if you want to also then 
go and try and do business and get Naby Keita for what 80 million euros so that's 70 million pounds you know you're already into um, 130 million that's was going to be spent on that they've just mm. signed Mohamed Salah for 35 million so or if you look in the Italian press it's 42 million euros um, so it's I'd 45 rather, actually I, okay. I talked to someone from Roma today 40 okay, 45 million plus, onto that plus bonuses plus bonuses yeah, and then you're going to look at, um, obviously, some money's going to be coming in. So you're going to be looking at Sacco um, would be sold um, for probably around about 25, 30 million pounds if he's going to go in the Premier League. That's what they'll look for. Um, Albert Moreno is going to look in, they're looking for 15 million euros for that. Um, and Good luck um, with that. Yeah, Markovic, um, somewhere in a region of 10 to 15 million pounds. So. It's going to be an, an, a massive outlay. Um, I, I've, I've said for a while, and, and you'll know, Bryce, that I've done a, a, quite a bit of stuff on Navigators Liverpool, of the Redmen TV stuff. Uh, I've done stuff for This Is Anfield. Um, everything that um, I've spoken to Leipzig about, and when we were over in Leipzig, Manu and I chatted to a few people, um, they are not, uh, they've said they will not sell anyone in their main starting 11 because they want to. Um, it would be negligent with the actual words that uh, Mitzlaff used. It would be negligent to sell any of our starting eleven. Now we're in the Champions League. Once UEFA said, "Yeah, you're straight in, no problems," um, as we all expected there would be, because Red Bull are a massive company, and a lot of people were thinking maybe they wouldn't get into the Champions League. You know, they're not dealing with a two-bit operation. They're a massive, massive um, company. So. Um, it was evident that they would get everything in order and that they would be allowed into the Champions League. Um, so, I. It would make me would make, not make me doubt them. It would it would be very strange because all the vibes that I've certainly had when I've spoke to anyone um, in that area um, in the club as well, where you know you make little um, phone calls and messages etc. Is that they won't sell, they won't sell, they won't sell, they won't sell to turn around and say actually okay we'll sell now. I think that sort of that sort of it opens the door for all and sundry to come in and start bidding for your best players before you know the the first of September. Um, it would be it would be a great move for Liverpool if they captured Naby Keita um, I think it would be terrible for, for Leipzig if they were to let him go now um, and, and maybe not just hold him for the season I don't think Liverpool will offer 80 million euros for him though Yeah it is quite some money but if you take a look at, at Zucker I mean the, the club basically says we don't want him anymore but please play uh, please pay 30 million for him so 80 millions for Keita is a lot of money, but it's not really over the top. It is possible that some club is willing to pay that money if they think we need this type of player for our starting 11. I don't say it will happen, but I think it is possible. Yeah, but Liverpool can't, don't have that money. Their revenue last year was 150 million pounds. We're talking financial fair play. They just okay, paid, 45, yeah. Yeah, they paid 45 yeah. million plus bonuses for Salah. You know, the argument that I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of abuse lately from Liverpool fans because I speak my mind and I say things that make sense. And I've gotten one argument saying, saying RB Leipzig don't have the revenue to hang on to Cater. But Liverpool don't have the revenue to pay 80 million euros and still find all the other transfer targets. You know, because they are under financial fair play, just as Liverpool and as Leipzig are, because they're playing in the Champions League next year. Yeah, that so is if, true. If they're spending 80 million euros which these days is 75 million pounds, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's not going to leave them room. That's that's already 120 million spent 
on essentially yeah. on essentially two players. That's you know thirty million below their revenue. They can't yeah. afford it. It's simply not realistic. Yeah, I'm not saying that he might end up in Liverpool, but maybe Barcelona decides we need him, and then it is possible. Yeah, but I think that's next season. Yeah, yeah, that I think that is more realistic. True. And you know what? Next season, I think it's not going to be Barcelona. He's going to go to Bayern. That is possible too. Yeah. Uh, but j just quickly, Daniel, is is there any talk uh, in Germany of? You know, these moves happening abroad. Obviously, Chris and I full well know, and Manu, I'm sure too, yeah, um, would know that your club's linked to every Bundesliga player going. Uh, is there any talk of it happening in Germany? Uh, there is, but uh, right now it's more Forsberg, or to be more specific, his agent is a lot in, in the yellow press. But Keita, not so much, because he's more of the quiet guy, and he, he already said uh, he. Uh, He might leave the club for a bigger club if he's good enough. So he, he was honest when he came here. But uh, about Forsberg, people are a bit pissed because, like I said, he extended his contract in February, which is a couple of months ago and not some years. But besides that, um, there are no rumors about selling any other player. There are a few rumors about some new young players, but nothing specific and not really that much. It's sort of quiet on, on the rumor front. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months. But uh, as we've been saying all along, uh, we probably won't see Keita move to Liverpool. Sorry, Liverpool fans. But that includes Chris and I as well. So anyway, uh, what's being released in the next few days uh, for us all to get excited about? And I hope it means that we'll be able to book a fall trip back to Germany to do a podcast is the fixture list. Uh, Chris, uh, talking about um, the fixture list, obviously Stuttgart and Hanover uh, have been newly promoted. Is there anyone you think that they would like to avoid on match day one? I get the impression that, you know, that they're going to be on an upward uh, trajectory, aren't they? Full of confidence and they're probably going to want a home game and they'll take on anyone, right? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you hit, you, well, we can ask Daniel in a minute. Kind of newly promoted side last year. What, if it was me, um, I would be wanting to avoid any of the top five um, from last season. I didn't want to start at home against someone like Augsburg. That's who I'd want to start home against, or even Hamburg no, or Mainz. No, no, actually not. Uh, we uh, Before the season, we were actually a bit happy that we had Dortmund in the beginning. Because in this particular case, they are a very good team, the second best in Germany, yeah. But they had to sell three main players with uh, Mkhitaryan and Hummels and Gundogan. And they had to buy some new players who mostly developed well. But in the beginning of the seasons, they had some problems. And uh, on the second game day, we, we played at home against Dortmund and we won 1-0. And it was not a lucky win. It was The, the game was even. It could have gone either ways, but the, the result was okay. It was not a lucky win. And we were quite happy that we had to play against Dortmund on such an early phase in the season. And I think that would be good for Hannover and Stuttgart too, because eventually you have to play against any team. And except Bayern, I think to have the good teams in the beginning is, is a good thing, because they have to sort 
are things for themselves, like Schalke and, and Leverkusen. There will some players will be leaving, some new players will be coming, and they both have new coaches. It would be okay for them to play against Leverkusen and Schalke in the beginning. I also think as a as a team who is promoted, you don't have a home game on on, on the first game on the first match day. Oh, okay. Um, Manu, what's your view on Stuttgart and Hanover and who they should get uh, in the in the first fixture? I think it really doesn't matter. You have to play against all 17 anyways. So, you know, um, you want to get off on as a good start. But in the end of the day, um, I think it really doesn't matter. Well... That puts that to bed, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you have to play against all 17, uh, all 17 opponents twice. And then you yeah. say there's some advantage that you play them in the beginning. There's some advantage that you play them in the end. But, you know, if you play Dortmund in the beginning, Dortmund will want our challenge for the title in the beginning. And they will want to challenge for the title in the end. And they will be wanting to challenge for the title in the middle. So... <laughs> if it was me I'd want to play someone who'd been a little bit shit last season and that's why I came up with Augsburg that's a derby for Stuttgart right yeah. I mean, truth, to be, truth to be told it might be an actual advantage to play against Bayern at the very end of the season because then they might have secured the championship the, the title already and will be busy in the Champions League and possibly the German Cup that was the case for some years in the past. And then they concentrated, understandably, on the Champions League. And they sort of sucked in the Bundesliga matches. For example, I think they lost one match to Augsburg. And there were several other games when they didn't play well after they secured the title. So it is a real advantage to play against Bayern at the very end of the season. But just when uh, when they have secured the title and are busy in the Champions League. Yeah, most certainly. Well, we're, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. I'm just going to put one yes or no uh, question to Daniel. Only yes or no, and I want you to explain it. Will RB Leipzig win the league next year? No. Oh, well, I was hoping you'd say yes. Uh, but anyway, Daniel, uh, it's been fantastic having you on. We really appreciate it. We've, we've covered uh, an awful lot of topics today. Uh, where can people find um, any of your writings or any other information? Are you on social media at all? Or, or where will your articles be published? I write some stuff on, on Twitter under dubdub54. And my articles that I write, that they are published on the homepage or on the fan-made homepage, rb-fans.de. But I'm not the only writer. We have several people who write stuff. And if I write some articles about RB Leipzig, about statistics and tactics and so on, it will be uh, published there. Fantastic. Well, well, once again, thank you very much for coming on. And we'll hopefully have you on again in the future or meet up with you for over in Germany, maybe. Uh, yeah, sure. That, Just give me a heads up. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Possible. Yeah. Thank you a lot for inviting me and giving me a chance to talk here about several stuff. It was pretty nice. Not at all, Daniel. It won't be the last time we have you on either. But um, Manu, uh, where can uh, people uh, find uh, your stuff? You've got a lot going on. Uh, what's coming up with the Confederations Cup uh, this week while you're over in Germany? Well, um, the previews, semi-final previews are going to come on Football Grad. I'm working on a big story involving a couple transfers right now. So um, I can't really give away too much. It's no one going to Liverpool. Um Damn. No one is going to Liverpool. I'm sorry. 
but you know there's a German club involved so I, I can't reveal too much but it's a pretty good story so I'm working on that it's a Russian club involved so that's why I'm on it um, but that's going to come in the next few days and other than that Confederations Cup and uh, I'm doing quite a lot of video work for one football so if you understand German I'll do I am doing all their video previews for the German national teams Fantastic. Busy as ever. And Chris, what have you got going on this week or what would you like to plug? Um, well, just teetering on with previews. Thankfully, Germany have got through to the semi-final, so I'll do the preview for uh, the Mexico game, which will be on Fußballstadt. Um And then I'm a little bit reactionary at the moment, Bryce. I'm just enjoying the summer. And why not, eh? You deserve it. Um, I suppose um, all I've got to plug is that we missed out on a Golatza podcast uh, last week while I was uh, enjoying uh, my trip uh, to Ireland. But it, it will resume again this week. We'll have plenty of topics, as always, to talk about, uh, Manu and I. You can find me on Twitter at BriceDunn11. I'm sure we'll have plenty uh, coming up uh, in the next few uh, weeks, um, transfer news and other information on the Football Grad Network. But until then, auf Wiedersehen. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt, als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen, ich hab zu holen. We can get anything delivered from furniture to toilet paper. And now, adult beverages with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly's giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code EASY5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.